This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Rodienne Mina. My report shows that the revelation of Nero's mindwipe has the inquisitorial band at odds after Piper mind-scanned him without his consent. Seth rallied them all to focus on priorities, and between his subtlety and Olean's apparent charm, it procured two fighters for their attempt to ensure Lucia Bane's victory in the arena. How will they fare in battle against two Groks and a Saurian Carnosaur? Find out next, in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. From an audio recording of Fabius Bile before the invasion of Terex IV. Let us see how these sophisticated degenerates handle a display of brute violence. Let us show them what it means to play at war with the Emperor's children. Combat has begun. A Saurian Carnosaur and two giant Groks have burst out onto the arena opposite you, and at the same moment, Piper and Seth, you hear a ding, and Seth, when you look down at your data slate, you can see you have been transferred a hundred million Imperial Thrones. This is vastly more than you would normally want to try to rig a game like this financially, so it might be a tougher sell to Pedes than you think. However, there is kind of even more important things going on. Uh, I will say an initiative order for this combat, uh, because they are animals running at you with no ranged weapons, I think by default our team of gladiators will get to strike first. Uh, The two... Skull Shield regimented humans. You don't actually know their names or what their army is. So for you, we'll just call them Skull Shields. Uh, They actually snap their plasma pistols up and fire at the same Groks on the right. Uh, Between the two of them, they kind of blast its head into mush. Uh, and then clearly brace to simultaneously accept the charge of the other Groks. It appears they are leaving the Saurian Carnosaur up to the two of you. Uh, I feel like, Mina, you would have been taken aback by our man Nero painting blood on his face. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom, can you roll me a D6? Do you have one with you? Or just anything that would be a coin flip? Um, yeah, I actually have. If you don't, I'm sure someone does. So yeah, it's all good. Someone, someone hit me with a, a D6? Yeah, yeah D6, please. Yeah, Mina, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be better. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. I got a two. A two. Okay, no, he did draw an Eye of Horus on himself. <laughs> There was a chance with his confusion that he could have accidentally drawn an Aquila and thought it was an Eye of Horus, but no, no, he is just as crazy oh, as you would imagine. Oh boy. Um, so you're spooked, so you'll be going second. I think Nero okay. is the one who is geared up by his his blood sigil. Cool. Um, not being in any way concerned by this new creature, uh, I will look down, um, kind of just like sling the bolter. And I mean, bolters are big. So like sling my big fucking oversized gun down uh, and gradually um, my uh, my... Uh, war cry will shift from just like kind of manic rage to 
kill for the living, kill for the dead, Lupercal. Uh, and then I'm going to drop to one knee and just start blasting at the the leg of the uh, carnosaur. Um, I know my job here. I'm not supposed to kill it. I'm just supposed to get its head low enough that Mina can. Um, so uh, yeah, I would like to um, use my uh, maneuver to aim, and then my pew 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 to pew pew pew. Great. So you get a free boost uh, for the fact that you are aiming. Uh, Your war cry, uh, the crowd just cheers with you. Here's the interesting Mm -hmm. fact. They wouldn't know who Horus is. Horus is a huge, big, ugly secret uh, Mm. for all of you to know your context. Mina, you would basically just know of Horus as a name for the devil. I don't think you would know tremendously much about the heresy other than like king of traitors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seth, I think you would know of Horus in the way that we might hear of like Beelzebub or Asmodeus or something. Like it's a weird name clearly for a demon, but you don't know the full backdrop. Uh, unfortunately, Piper, that chant probably scares the shit out of you because you have all of the context that he does having seen the information in his brain. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you will be at difficulty, um, he's coming in, you'll be at difficulty three. Uh, it would be two for the range, but it actually becomes three just because the Saurian Carnosaur is so big and kind of yeah, dangerous yeah, totally. on its own. Uh, it has that's that's the only version of it. Essentially, it's fast and scaled, but does not actually add any defense. Yep. Uh, do you add anything else to your own role, sir? This will be obviously range light uh, for anyone using the Dark Heresy system who's confused by this. I wanted to limit the number of gun checks because three was a little much for functionality. So. Mm-hmm. Ranged light is everything except what would be traditionally deemed a heavy weapon on the tabletop, which will be uh, ranged heavy. The bolter in this case was specifically designed for Nero. It's not a space marine version, so it is a functional rifle for him, which is why it's ranged light. I mean, it was designed for someone. Uh, whether it was designed for Nero remains to be seen. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm good with that. Um, we're at, I believe, two story points remaining. Uh, you guys have four, and I have one with the way the spell. Oh, all right, then I'll so you're, definitely you're killing it. Yeah, I'll I'll spend one of those. Um, I want to make this as brutally efficient as possible. Um, and uh, it's waves. I'm not mistaken. It's not like this is the only. This is the first wave. Yeah, it's designed to be like here's a wave. Everyone waits. Another wave will come in to attack survivors until all the teams right. are done. Yeah, I just want to make sure we don't do this too well. Um, great. Okay, let's open it up. Beep boop. Oh, yeah, that's what you like to see. Uh, two success, one advantage, one triumph. Pew, oh, pew, wowie. Pew, indeed. Very good. <laughs> so many triumphs. Okay, I love this. so the damage on a bolter, I think the base is 10, if I'm it correct. It is 10, yes. Nice. That jumps to 13. So that will cut through nicely. And uh, unless there is some fancy way you would like to spend your triumph or advantage, you can go to the critical hit chart. It, it all yeah, depends on what um, you want. One. So there's two two things I'd like to know uh, just from your rules there, Ryan. Uh, yes. So I've got Pierce 2. So if yep. it's got Soak, uh, give me a couple extra. It does have Soak, so that will Great. add to so it So sure. that'll be a total of 15 off just pure damage. I've also got Vicious 2. Ooh, Vicious 2 it's means vicious you two. add 20 to a critical hit roll. Wonderful. Which, in the case, Carnosaur, big tanky, it normally removes 20. So it'll be mm. a, a net neutral roll on what you do to the Carnosaur. Well, uh, let's go to that table. I'm going to grab my dice. They're right over here. So just hang tight for one second as I lunge off screen. And we're back. Um, okay, Welcome great. Back. So um, rolling D100, is that correct? Yes, D100. Uh, I got a 10 and a 5 for a total of 15. 10 and a 5 for a total of 15. Okie dokie. Um, 
you fire uh, a, a hail of bolts, uh, which to be clear are like little fueled rounds. So when they shoot out of the gun, they've got a motor in them. And when they hit, they explode. Uh, normally, it would be a sudden jolt. So the target drops whatever is in its hands. Uh, instead, I'm going to say you do additional damage because the Saurian Carnosaur, I'm giving it T-Rex hands. So those hands just straight up come off. So I'm going to add another five damage to uh, the damage burst that you gave. And now it is two legs and a grumpy head, but no Aww. little T-Rex arms. Yeah, enjoy trying to fold blankets and sheets now, you piece of shit. Um, <laughs> cool. Um and if I could, I would like to pass my one point of advantage uh, forward to as a boost to Mina. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's would. only one, so I can't pick who, but she's the next one who's going. So, yeah, I think I'd allow that. There's two of you in this. Cool. So, mm-hmm. Mina, he's fired and will say stepped aside, which is the thing that gives you the perfect position representing advantage. So the Carnosaur is, uh, I mean, I jokingly made the arms coming off sound cute. This thing is fucking terrifying. So it is not cuter. It is just now enraged. Uh, What do you do? Oh, yeah. She's definitely just going to run forward into melee combat and try and smack that thing. Counter charge. I dig it. Uh, All right. What are are you attacking with? Um, So do you want to even try to do a two weapon attack? How we do this? No, there's weird rules for it. It is a mindless creature, so I think it would be there. You would go from um, a three difficulty check to a four difficulty check. Okay. And it says, (laughs) yeah, and it says that, yeah, add one red die when doing and one black because it's inaccurate. So I think you don't have to worry about the black because yours are paired. No, that gives you less advantage to spend. Yeah, this is. Welcome yes. to the world of two weapon fighting in, in Genesis. What right. are the two weapons? Because I know sword, sword and a shield. It is oh, a power the sword. As a weapon, it's a power oh, shield a power and a chain shield. sword. So, yep. so okay. it can hurt people. Shit. Okay. Um, and then that is. Let's see. Yeah. So you upgrade the difficulty by one, uh, and you add one difficulty. So you don't need to add a setback for a two a two handed attack. So it's just whatever your difficulty is, add one upgraded die. So you'll go from three would be your difficulty to strike it normally. It'll be four with one red die included in that four. Right. Okay. And then it's my melee light. Yep. So, okay. So the one I, I will give you a boost uh, for the fact that you are, do you know, I'll give you two boosts because you are charging it and it doesn't have arms. So I think it would be staggered. Uh, right. If you were, <laughs> right. I wouldn't have given that to you if you'd waited for it to charge you, but I no. think. We're not doing it, because that. you're going out after it. This I is think that's also very much was Nero's intent, so it would make yeah. sense that it's it's a little stumbly, even if it's not like head down for like fucking mm-hmm. that crit damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your crowd mm-hmm. was calm beforehand, just seeing what was happening in a pretty traditional way. They are starting to get excited and like cheering as the like <laughs> religiously dressed holy warrior charges a dinosaur in the middle of the arena. Yep. Yep. All right, so I have two green, three yellow, three purple, one red, one blue, one black. Uh, Take away the black and add another blue. Okay. Done. All right, here we go. Two successes, two advantages, and I need one advantage to hit with my other weapon. So So do you hit with the shield first, with the sword first? How do your strikes work for your weapons? Um, I think she would definitely 
hit with the with the shield first. Like come in, like like a charge in with the shield, hit, and because it's a power weapon, I think it's like it it has that like vibrating, like mm-hmm. just touching people with it hurts them. And then after that comes back, her other arm comes out, and down comes the chainsaw, just like vroom, like down through him. Yeah, so I think you hit uh, the Carnosaur like a freight train. It's just straight in the chest. It's coming at you. You're coming at it. But because of the dissolving power field of the shield that rams into its torso, yeah, you manage to knock it aside uh, and you get to just bring the sword down brutally on its exposed throat. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the damage of your two of your, your two separate weapons? that have So successful? the chain sword is nine and the power shield is eight. And you're Fuck. adding three for your successes, correct? Yeah, two successes, two advantages. Two wow. successes and two advantage. Okay, so it's 11 and 10. And it's Pierce 1. Pierce 1, also very good to know. And it's also knockdown. Oh, I need two advantage to trigger it. So I only have one left because one was my other sword. So That is true. One advantage left. Cool. I just have to do some speedy math in my brain. <laughs> Good luck. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry about it. I mean, I'm scared of the carnosaur. I'm more scared of the math. Correct. Uh, you guys hit it so hard, and it has so little HP left, that I am going to say, uh, on the ground, it's just squealing at your feet. Uh, Mina, just just yep. kind of like crying and rage-filled trying to kill you just ineffectually. It's clear this thing is not just, you know, mourning for its life. It's also lashing out with its last few moments. Well, I mean, uh, do you blame it? <laughs> I think that's probably what Piper says to Seth up in the booth <laughs> seeing this happen. I was, I was more like, do you blame it? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how do you want to finish this creature, sister? Uh- Oh, oh, she's just gonna she's just gonna keep pushing forward with the shield and hacking into it until like she is standing in the middle of its rib cage and there's just like rib cage and gore all around her and she has like cut a path into it. And then once she gets to that point, it's like it stops making noise. So she just huffing, like stops and stands there. Hey, it's Del. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to The Valentine Heresy. And if you are so inclined, we at Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There's tiers from $1 to $25 a month, which gets you super cool stuff and also helps support creatives like us, uh, specifically us, you know, doing this stuff. For just $1 a month, you can join our Discord, which is for patrons only, but you gain access to it forever. You can come hang out with us and talk about 40k and share your models and be super nerdy because honestly, we're all super nerdy there. So if you feel so inclined and would like to support the shows, come on over and join us. Uh, It's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. That's right. Just type it, type it in the search bar, uh, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. And we'll see you over there. Thanks. Okay, so I think you're no longer wearing white. You're now just wearing red. Your whole okay. outfit, like you've accidentally changed orders. What but I've you're been saying up. the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah, for, for Nero, it just means the rest of you looks like your eyes. So it's just consistent. But same, you are same. just slathered in gore. <laughs>
Um, when you look to the side, both of you having completed your battle, you see that your fellows have brought down uh, their groks quite effectively between the combination of their lashes and their pistols. Um, and they just tromp back over to kind of where you started. Uh, Nero, I'm imagining you stay in position there. You can all actually look up uh, and see how the combat is working out in the other arenas. They're all wrapping up, so you're catching the tail end of the fight. I'm going to say Seth and Piper, I think you guys were caught up in the tension of watching this more so than doing yeah. anything during the fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now I have to make weird dice pools so we can see what happened with each Ooh. of the other teams. So... For the first team, which we will say will be Lucia Baines, we will see how they are doing. Don't fuck it up, guys. So their team gets us. So I basically took their best combat stat, if anyone's wondering how this exists so the die pool makes sense, um, which are their hell guns. So they're shooting their hell guns. Uh, Each round, the difficulty will increase as the fight moves forward. Uh, and all of their difficulty dice are upgraded. So this round will be one, next cool. round will be two, Ooh. so we can see where bad things happen as it goes on. Uh, Lucia's team gets two boost because the ed- enemies do not have ranged weapons. So nice. the hell guns are an advantage when things have to run at you and aren't able to shoot back. They clean the fuck up with five successes and two advantage. So you look up and see them. They took down the Carnosaur first, uh, split into two fire teams, focused on one Grox, and you can see them dodging amongst the others and are dealing with the last one kind of at range using uh, the pillars for cover for themselves. So that's very good. Um, (laughs) Then the professional fighters. uh, They get one boost for everything because they're just good at fighting. Um, Who are these guys? These are uh, the team of the four professional gladiators. So, oh, this is Marcus. Okay, cool. I gotta add the die for them. Uh, They have one success and four advantage. It's actually a harder fight for them. Uh, You can't tell as you're watching. They save the Carnosaur for last and deal with the Groxes first. You're not sure if this is them performing that it was a harder Mm. fight to make things entertaining, or if. These may have been like, oh, you got some pretty boys. That's real cute. But <laughs> the other team seemed to have sent some military people to come play because mm. uh, it was just one success and four advantage for them. Um, but their crowd, due to the advantage, is fucking amped. You realize mm. they're going to have a bit of a boost just from having uh, an enthusiastic from team the adrenaline. around them. Then the bounty hunting team, uh, who are cut to next as, as the end bounce? becomes inevitable on the other ones. Yes. They uh, do not get a boost because they get two boost if it's a human-sized opponent because they're used to bringing down humans, but they're not used to fighting such hardy threats. But they also have a a number of successes. Uh, So they rolled three successes in one threat. It's a pretty handy victory for them, but one member of their team is gored uh, due to the threat. So I'm going to add plus one additional setback moving forward for them. Board, but still uh, and standing, the, or are they down to three bounty hunters now? They're still standing. One just okay. has like a, a shoulder wound, so okay. a little okay. bit disabled, but still fully capable of combat. <laughs> so nobody went down. You're not entirely surprised. This was round one in a multi-round competition. They wouldn't want to make it like, and two rounds, everybody's dead. Go the fuck home. Like they're not <laughs> looking for that. <laughs> yeah. um, but that is is where that is at. So on the battlefield, you guys have a chance to kind of. Normally, you would have a chance to patch your wounds. You all just get to kind of wait and can watch the other fights. However, up in the booth, it is now the time where uh, Seth and Piper, if you wanted to negotiate with Pettis to try to make some money out of this to keep your deal with Nero, now would be the time where you could flag him down to have a conversation. Yep. 
Seth is all about it. Um, now, you mentioned earlier that the 100 million Imperial Thrones hitting my account might prove some provide some sort of challenge. Is it because it's too much? Yeah. Okay. 100 million is a fucking lot. Like, normally if you're trying to fix a sporting event, I feel like Seth would know this. You want it to be enough that you can make a very clean win, but not so much that it would, like, upset the financial awareness of the game. Right. This would require, like open graft on Pettis's part as opposed to something that would have been an easy deal to just like slip under the radar. You can't just be like, I'd like to bet a hundred million credits on mm-hmm. someone going down in the third. Okay. So Seth will approach uh, Pettis um, and say, uh, um, uh, I'd like to make a wager on behalf of a interested third party. Interesting. Uh, Pettis will say kind of coming over to the side of the, the governor's booth leaning slightly out of the hail of (laughs) hallucinogenic fog that is waving over him. Mm -hmm. Why do you not place this bet yourself? Are you not a betting man? I am something of a broker uh, in a similar position to you, only to a much more elite clientele. And so I will collect my fee, assuming the games, the chips fall in our favor. Ah, wonderful. Well, I can approve the normal citizen for a bet of up to 250,000 thrones. But because we are friends, I will allow you a half a million. And if I were to offer you a percentage of my cat, what could you do with this bet? And I'll just show him the figure. (laughs) Uh, Can you roll me a... A dodge check to get out of the way of him just, like, vomiting excitement. Yeah, Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I will say, weirdly enough, I don't think it's a deception. And it's not a coercion, which is intimidation. I'm going to go with streetwise, because I think this is just your ability to read how this trade Mm. will go over. So it's more, does it go how you think it will, or does it go a different way? Um, I'm going to say this one is difficulty... I'm going to say three. I think it's a balance of it would require a lot of his work to do something that's clearly this corrupt. But he, it's it, if it was a straight up servant, I think you would get a, like a difficulty four or five. But he is crooked, but it's also risky. So that's why I'm falling at three. We're hmm. the equivalent of balancing the others. I will give you a boost because we know he fucking loves money. And I will give you a setback because he knows this event will be scrutinized. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, Piper, is there anything you are doing that could affect this? Because you are next to this deal. I mean, Piper would really love to compel him to make the choice that we wanted to make. But I think it's too much of a risk. So I I have to, I hate to say this, but I, I think she has to just kind of sit there and just be an observer. So what do you do then if you're just sitting there kind of being an observer? Because I know if I'm sitting somewhere at an event actively not participating in something, it doesn't mean I'm like a perfectly behaved still boy sitting in my chair so nicely. It's like, what is Piper's nervous I can't participate Um, Actually, her nervous participate, uh, (laughs) what she does is she's actually unnaturally still. So whereas everyone around her is very engaged in what's happening, her eyes, she's kind of faced towards the fight. All of her focus is on what's going on beside her. 
So in a time lapse of this round, the whole crowd and everyone would be moving except you and Warden, who yeah. are just statues. There would be, there in the would midst be a blur, a, a, like a blur, and the like. Even the stadium is like shaking, right? So it's just a blur of whatever, and like, and she is just in clear focus. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do that roll then. Seth. Roll dice. Three successes. Interesting. Yes, I believe I could move some coinage around to allow a general bet. Which house do you believe will come out victorious? Uh, <clears throat> I have reason to believe that House Bane will emerge victorious. Interesting. I can offer you a 20% margin, should you be correct. Uh, and since I, the player, don't know what that means, Seth will say, yes. It, here, what, now, what, I, I will tell you, it is a, it is a small amount of money. The, it would oh, okay. be the equivalent of when you go to the racetrack and they're like, if you bet a dollar on the horse, you win a dollar twenty. It's okay. like clearly in the house's favor. It's not even an even one in four chance. Okay. Um it's not a great deal. You can make that bet, uh, and you would make some money. But when you're trying to fix a fight, you just don't want to bet on a general winner. You want to bet on, like, who's going to go down in what round, what's the order, and then you can make a shitload of money. Yeah. So I think Seth has something to think about here, wherein this was a ruse to get us gladiators, and we have the gladiators, and we've placed a bet. But if the winnings aren't good enough, this skull shield may come down on us hard because he now knows each and every like he's he's basically called out each and every one of us and knows that we're together and mina is potentially uh on the chopping block because she's maybe gonna have dinner with him uh which would put her in a potentially compromising situation so i think seth decides even though we've gotten what we want out of this exchange he's gonna try a little harder for this guy and he'll say um At 20%, there's almost no point in placing the bet at all, Pederast. Well, I don't know. Uh, clearly, I, Pedersfetidum, would make my percentage and you would make yours. So what is the downside for us? The downside is that you're not thinking about the future, about the potential here. Now, obviously, I am placing some trust in you, and you are making some exceptions me so that we can place this bet to begin with what would you say if i told you i could connect you with some of these very wealthy parties that are interested in making this wager well i would have to ask whom these parties are make me a better offer than 20 percent, and i'll give you a name Interesting. I will have to think upon this, but you propose an interesting partnership. Uh, and he turns away as the horns sound once again. And then the gongs ring out uh, and the far gate to your arena opens once more as I check my notes because the <laughs> fucking app went away. <laughs> well, I think uh, in the intervening time, while they're just standing down there waiting for more battling... Uh, Olean would walk over to Nero and like find a, find a part of her outfit like or sleeve that isn't covered in blood. Something inside, right? Something, something yeah, some, <laughs> something, something, something not so, And she out. would just she would just reach over and wipe his head off and be like, 
The look of blasphemy is not becoming on you. And um, I'll look at her with just genuine confusion and say, uh, oh, oh, Mina, I, you know, I know you believe and, and I appreciate that, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to believe in the emperor's chosen son, right? I, I think you are one of the emperor's chosen sons, Nero. She says, not knowing what he's referring to and trying <laughs> to make it better and making it worse. God, if only Piper was there, she'd be so fucking, fucking scared. <laughs> and that's when you hear the clanking of the opposite side of the arena. Uh, you may have been expecting prisoners. You may have been expecting other traditional fare, but this is a Nero Skull Shield event. You're not getting that small time shit sprinting out of the dark at breakneck speeds with chain axes for both of their forearms, low to the ground, full servitor bodies, but the elaborate kind, racing like Olympic-level sprinters in our own world with helms over their faces, projecting images in, and drug tools pumping different combat drugs and other things down the length of their spines. Uh, you see two arcoflagellants sprinting towards your party and realize that the games have just kicked up a notch and things are going to get fatal very fast. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister and Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my head near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, kingly. That's how you know it's working. (laughs) And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.